You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. Your host is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology. Defensive medicine and medical liability concerns create a symbiotic relationship that costs everyone in the medical system. Has healthcare reform legislation addressed the medical malpractice issue, and will it do enough to contain healthcare costs? Our guest is Dr. Mark McClellan, former commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration and former administrator of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Dr. McClellan now directs the Engelberg Center for Healthcare Reform at the Brookings Institution. Welcome, Mark. It's good to be back with you, Jack. Thank you. Let's start rather broadly, but in terms of the healthcare reform legislation that just moved through the PPACA, is it going to do much of anything to bend the cost curve, do you think? Well, Jack, it has some potential, but it's not a sure thing at this point. There were a number of provisions in earlier legislation that would have done more, I think, to bring costs down, uh, provisions that would have made people more sensitive to their health care costs and the cost of their insurance plans. There still are some provisions like that in the bill, but most of them don't take effect for quite some time. The most important provisions in the legislation that could bend the cost curve are provisions that tighten payments in the Medicare program, and those we've seen with physician payments are very hard to sustain and don't do anything directly to help improve care. So I'm not sure that we can really count on tightening down on payment rates to get our healthcare system to where it needs to be. And the other key element are some authorities for the Medicare program and other parts of the Department of Health and Human Services and the government to work with healthcare providers and the private sector on paying providers differently. So this, I think, has a potential for real reform, implementing ideas that would pay doctors more when they deliver better care, not just more care, steps that would support efforts to coordinate care more effectively and to use health IT effectively. Those have a lot of promise, but it's a big if. They are in the legislation as pilot programs to be tested over the next few years, and based on those results, they might be expanded. So look for lots of opportunities coming up to try out new payment reform ideas. Hopefully, we'll find some and find them quickly that can actually work to bend the cost curve. Yeah, and hopefully that CMS Innovation Center, $10 billion, will get some really good pilots going. And given your experience at CMS, do you think CMS ought to be contracting some of this kind of piloting work out in terms of trying to get healthcare costs down? Or do you think that that can be, can the organization itself come up with the demonstrations and pilots needed? Jack, I think it's best done as a mixture. The newly announced nominee to head the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Don Berwick, uh, many of your listeners may know, is a well-established reputation for leading efforts to change and improve safety, to change the way that hospitals and healthcare systems work so they can deliver better care. They can support patients and doctors better. So uh, I'm sure that a lot of this is going to take place within the Medicare and Medicaid programs. But importantly, the law also includes provisions for the government to work in new ways with private insurers, with uh, healthcare organizations, with physician groups, in public-private collaborations, in innovative kinds of arrangements. So I expect and hope that there will be a lot of leadership from outside the government as well. I think the key in all of this is whether we're going to be able to show new ways of delivering care through using electronic records, through coordinating among doctors in new ways, 
through doctors answering emails and even simple steps like that. Can these steps actually lead to measurably better results and measurably lower costs of care? That's going to be the big challenge over the next few years. Well, I think we're all pulling for Don Berwick, and I think that uh, he's going to be an excellent person to lead in the next bit and to really work on these healthcare cost issues. How significant does the role of medical malpractice in overall healthcare play, do you think, Mark? I think it's an important factor. You know, some of the critics of efforts to reform medical liability laws have pointed out that, look, even if you change these laws and uh, even if they do have an impact, it's only going to be, you know, a few percent of health care costs. And that's based on some research that I've done in the past showing that you know, significant reforms in medical liability, like capping non-economic damage awards, things like that, really can reduce uh, health care spending without compromising outcomes in any way and maybe even reduce some complications. Mm-hmm. And some people say that, well, a few percent, that doesn't seem like a lot. But, but Jack, I think the key thing is that if you reform medical liability and take these other steps at the same time, you're really creating a much better environment for doctors and other health professionals to treat patients where there isn't the same level of concern about needing to do extra tests and where the changes in payment that we were just talking about can reinforce what uh, more appropriate medical liability laws might be able to do to have an even larger impact on care. So I think there's a real potential for synergy between reforming medical liability, reforming payments so the doctors can get paid more when they're doing what it takes to deliver better care for their patients and saving money at the same time. I think that can have a much more powerful effect on the way that the costs add up in our healthcare system. Music to my ears, and I'm sure that we hear from the public and any of the doctors out there. We'd all welcome that. You know, the defensive medicine issue is one that uh, is controversial. We in medicine believe there's a lot of ordering of tests to deal with fears of malpractice litigation and so forth. How big a problem do you think defensive medicine is? And would that be a big enough cost factor to really help bring the overall costs of healthcare down? I think given where we are in our healthcare system and with rising healthcare costs and affordability problems, anything we can do uh, that has uh, proven effects on lowering healthcare spending without compromising quality of care, maybe with increasing quality of care, we need to take those steps now. This is too urgent of a problem to wait. And yes, it's probably true that medical liability reform by itself isn't going to be enough to solve our long-term health care cost problems and quality problems, but it sure can help. And as we were just talking about, it can reinforce in supporting the kinds of changes that we really need to be supporting in the way that health care is delivered to Absolutely. give uh, doctors more support when they're taking steps to prevent complications and when they're finding new ways to keep their patients healthy at a lower overall cost. Yeah, you're right. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, Radio XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Dr. Mark McClellan, director of the Engelberg Center for Healthcare Reform at the Brookings Institution. We're discussing healthcare cost containment and medical liability reform. Mark, a number of state rulings, Georgia, Illinois, a few other places have struck down legislation that would have capped medical malpractice awards. In fact, caps are under assault in every state. California and Texas have some very excellent tort reform out there. What do you think is going on there? And do you think that we need a national solution or should we continue to pursue reform at the state level as well? I think a national solution would clearly help. And the laws that have imposed caps on damages, the the medical liability reform laws that have imposed caps on damages are the ones where we have the strongest evidence that they uh, actually do reduce defensive medicine and reduce health care costs without compromising 
quality of care. But it has been controversial, Jack, even when Republicans were in control of Congress and the presidency at the federal level. Uh, they didn't, didn't have the votes yeah. to yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't have the votes to implement those kinds of reforms. So I think it mm-hmm. is going to continue to be and needs to continue to be a state level effort as well. I think at the federal level, uh, realistically the prospects for liability reform are going to be in other areas besides caps on non economic damages and things like that. Yeah, Texas has had a documented forty percent drop in premiums for doctors. They've had an influx of doctors have come in there. They've had a large reduction in numbers of cases. But people who have been harmed by actual medical errors seem to have been well managed in their recent reforms, which are similar to California. There's an idea that's been floating around that might attract the Democrats who traditionally haven't supported medical malpractice, particularly in the Senate. And that is to link the idea of meaningful use, of achieving all the HIT objectives that include clinical decision support and registry tracking of quality and so forth, interoperability and transparency. Do you think there may be a way to get a bipartisan group organized around adding some federal malpractice steps forward around meaningful use, Mark? I think this idea is being considered. I do think there are two channels for federally supported action that could help address some of the pressures and the losses and the inefficiencies of liability today. It's not going to be caps on damages anytime soon, and I want to be clear about that. But uh, as you mentioned, there is bipartisan interest in Congress in looking at some other types of liability reforms. Liability reforms like if doctors can document that they're part of healthcare systems or practices that are taking steps to achieve safe care and are maybe successful in doing that and implementing some steps to document a high level of safety, that could lead to a presumption against liability and some, in effect, additional protections against maybe the less meritorious lawsuits. And a second opportunity is that the health care reform legislation just enacted does include some pilot funds for trying out ideas like that. So there's actually some federal funding that could go to the states. Now, these would be state-level reforms when they're implemented, but that could provide some evidence and some more confidence that, that these types of reforms can really work. It's not the biggest provision in the bill. It's a $25 million program in a, a $1 trillion piece of legislation, but it does provide some additional momentum for perhaps federal reforms coming in these types of ways of reducing liability pressure. The state of Ohio has a certificate of merit program that seems to have reduced non-meritorious lawsuit filings and reduced some premium increases out there. Is there anything else we should be doing to reform medical malpractice liability that isn't really going to be tort reform legislation? Well, realistically, these steps that have some significant potential for bipartisan reform include things like you just described, like a process to get certificates of merit. There also are ideas like having some specialized health courts where the case would be heard not by a judge and jury, uh, but by a judge who has special expertise in medical issues. There are some ideas for combinations of early disclosure where if there's evidence that the providers gave clear and upfront information about uh, potential safety problems or potential medical errors and dealt with that up front, that that could create some more favorable liability protections uh, for the providers involved. Uh, These are not caps on damage awards, but they're ideas that try to reinforce good practices around safety, around disclosure and discussion with patients, the kinds of things that our current liability system doesn't support. And actually, the closer we get to really applying clinical decision support and tracking what we're doing, measuring what we're doing, 
with registries, both inpatient and outpatient, there ought to be a reduction in events that occur just by virtue of a better and a tighter healthcare system with health information technology innovation. And hopefully some of that will reduce the cost just by virtue of reducing events. But we do think it's time to try to come back with that. And do you think the public is ready to kind of get behind Congress and support tort reform? Well, I think that's where the biggest opportunity is. You know, we were talking earlier about how some of the most important elements in the new law that could potentially bend the healthcare cost curve are these changes in payments that providers might receive. And I think it's important for physicians to know that there is this fundamental trend towards having better information systems, having better communication and coordination of care that will be associated with more of the measurement of results, more of the measurement of safety that you were just talking about, Jack. And and I think that's an example of how liability reform can reinforce some of the other provisions in the law. If we're moving in this direction of having more information, more documentation, that the care was provided effectively, that patients did get good results, that good safety practices were in place, that can be a basis both for better reimbursement and a basis for supporting real tort reform to recognize that those kinds of steps are what we really need in order to eliminate medical errors and keep our costs down. Well, we're going to have a challenge, I guess, getting a bipartisan agreement on this. One of the concerns out there is that to some extent without having a majority of Congress, without having the White House, that Republicans who have traditionally supported tort reform may not want to give something up to the Democrats here in terms of what they consider their turf. Do you think there's a way of getting a bipartisan agreement for anything out of the Senate at this point on tort reform? I do. I think it's not likely to happen this year, but I think this will be a good year to lay the foundations for legislation in the next session of Congress after the 2010 election. There is bipartisan support with a number of moderate senators. Mark Warner of Virginia is a good example. Moderate Democratic senators who believe that there should be reforms in our liability system and are looking for examples like the example that you gave, Jack, from Ohio, where through sharing information up front, through documenting that safe practices are in place, through documenting that patients are, are getting good outcomes of care, that it should be easier for doctors to avoid lawsuits. And I think we will have some more opportunities for legislation along those lines in the next few years. That's very encouraging. You know, I think that nothing could be more positive for physicians out there than to think that somehow, as part of this whole tort reform process, and as far as the health reform process, we're going to get some real meaningful tort reform. So, Mark, it's been uh, very positive talking to you today. Uh, we've been talking with Dr. Mark McClellan about health care cost containment, and specifically about how medical liability reform could contribute to that. Dr. McClellan, thank you for being our guest. Thanks very much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you and your listeners. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.